in the morning. From acclaimed musician and filmmaker Rob Zombie comes an entirely new take on the highly successful and terrifying Halloween legacy that began in 1978. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie movie bros. bros. Here we be movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So, as we are uh, chugging along here through uh, December, which this year is our uh, remake month. The shitty presence of, you know, the filmmaking industry. You know, we thought we got a real treat when we checked out our stocking this week because we pulled out a movie and we were like, oh my god, it's Halloween, yes! And then we saw those fatal words before Halloween. It said, Rob Zombies. God damn it. So, you know, in case you don't know Rob Zombie, he's a, uh, a musician and a filmmaker. He's made uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, the movie 31, and uh, a movie that we reviewed before, uh, The Haunted World of El Superbisto. There's some other ones out there, but uh, let's just dive right into the shit. You heard what the uh, Amazon.com description had to say. That's how we watched it. Uh, technical difficulties, top and bottom three of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, let's start with the top first, see what we got for that. Oh, oh well, this, this should be a very short list. Um, for me, number three, they use the original Michael Myers mask. I mean, it, it's still... Bleached William Shatner face. He may have acquired it in the dumbest possible way, but that's besides the point. Um, number two, there is actually a pretty decent body count in this film. And starting the adult um, adult stage massacre of Michael Myers with the rapists that were raping a girl in Michael Myers' psych ward room for some reason was actually pretty satisfying. Number one, they actually used John Carpenter's music from the original Halloween movie. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely cool. All right, so number three, um, Malcolm McDowell played Dr. Loomis, and while no one will ever replace Donald Pleasance, Malcolm McDowell did a pretty good job of the role. He's, he's always been a good actor, so... E- even if he did plus. never sing Singing in the Rain in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two... There was a decent body count left by Michael Myers. Well, none of his kills were particularly that impressive, and he left a lot of people alive for no real reason. There was still a decent amount of blood, and, you know, I was pretty satisfied with it overall. And number one, like you said before, they used some of the original music from it, and I was definitely happy about that. They don't do the same in the sequel to this one, but that's for a different review. Actually, no, no, we're not reviewing that film. Never mind. Fuck that film. So on to the bottom three. You know, this was the hard part for this film, was, was finding what three things to put on the bottom here. Um, for me, uh, number three, why is it that every character at their onset in this film has to be a dick? Like, everybody's just mean to everybody else for no fucking reason. It's ridiculous. Like, Lori fucking jokes about being molested and finger fucks a bagel in front of her mom and her mom spends the rest of the movie telling her how she hated that her daughter did that but yet we're supposed to sympathize with Lori and like her and then the kid that she babysits just like he's a fucking dick to her like what what the fuck man everyone's really one dimensional and yeah it's not very exciting to watch them number two speaking of fuck I am all for profanity and shit 
but the amount that is used in this movie just seems really unnecessary. You know, as well as the nudity and highly sexualized portrayal of just about everything, what I'm really saying for number two is that this film just seems like it's trying way too hard to be controversial. And that's really just not the true meaning of Halloween. Nope. Number one, the backstory. The first 40 goddamn motherfucking minutes of this movie is backstory on how Michael Myers had an abusive childhood. He was abused by his parents. He was neglected. He was bullied. And, and that's why he turned into this psychotic... What the fuck are you trying to do here, Rob Zombie? You are ruining a perfectly good void of despair and violence. There is no need for this backstory. It takes up 40 goddamn minutes of my life that I will never get back. And it ruins the character. Yeah, there was... I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into that in my bottom three, but yeah, that was definitely one of the things I didn't like about that. So... As far as bottom three, um, number three, the dialogue in this movie is really cringeworthy. They try so hard to show just what kind of characters they are, everyone is by having these forced and unnatural sounding, sounding um, exchanges. And I never thought I'd make this criticism, but they actually swore way too much. It didn't make them sound edgy or anything thing like that. It just made the dialogue seem really weak. Number two, like you said, about 40 minutes of this film was based on little Michael Myers, his family and the backstory shit. And I don't give a shit about that. It's Halloween film for fuck's sakes. I want to see Michael Myers as an adult going around killing people, not this little shit bag, like crying about like having a bad childhood and whatever. Fuck that. And number one, this movie completely missed the point of the original. It tried to explain way too much about Michael Myers' backstory and why he did what he did. They tried saying, oh, he's a perfect storm of environmental trauma and, you know, natural um, psychosis. But that was just, that, that completely misses the point of Michael Myers. He was a creepy, murderous force of nature on Halloween who goes around killing people for no apparent reason. And you didn't know why, you know who he was or anything about him. And that's what made him scary. And to miss that is to miss the entire point of the series. And I, there's just really no coming back from that. Especially when they keep using the line of, you know, calling him the boogeyman. Where in the original movie, like, that was completely plausible. There was no explanation for why he was the way he is. And so, therefore, he could be the boogeyman. Exactly. He, he pretty much was the boogeyman because he was a monster that just kind of came out of nowhere. He was, he, I mean, he never actually came out from anyone's bed, but, you know, he was just, he was a creepy um, character who was monstrous and killed for no real reason. And you couldn't, there was something un unnatural and super, and, um, yeah, unnatural and um, otherworldly about him. And that's what, that was the whole point of it. And to just try to make it completely into like, well, he's just a mad, he's just a psychopath, like that, He's just a run-of-a-mill um, serial killer at that point. So you mentioned the dialogue, and I, I may have mentioned it. I just don't give a shit about it. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll give ourselves a little bit of a quote war. Quote war. Uh, we'll quote this movie back and forth and uh, see who comes out the better. I'll start us off. Bitch, I will crawl all the way over there and skull fuck you. You fucking whore. You are starting to annoy me, boy. 
to make you feel like a badass, tough guy, motherfucker? I'm making a mental list of all your bullshit. It's weird, Michael. In a way, it's like you're my best friend. Shows how fucked up my life is. I was good to you, Michael. And that ends this episode edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or would like to tell us who won this episode's edition of Quote Wars, leave it in the comments below or on our website, bmoviebrews.com. And a, an honorable mention for a, for a bottom three um, really didn't didn't make the cut is uh, Danny Trejo gets killed. Yeah. Well, at least he was in the film, so that's a plus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Also an honorable yeah. mention for the top three. Yeah. Ken Forey was in here too, also got killed, but, you know. And if anyone could take on Michael Myers, it, it would be Danny Trejo or Ken Forey. The two of them together versus uh, Michael Myers would have been a great film. That's what this should have been. I mean, in Ken Forey's defense, he did survive the zombie apocalypse in Dawn of the Dead. So, I mean, you can't survive the zombie apocalypse and Michael Myers. You have to do one or the other. Eventually, life's going to catch up with you. So, I think it's time we give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, I have to say, this movie takes everything that is Halloween and turns it on its head. You know, the original had good characters, meaningful dialogue, and an evil force of nature. Instead, we get annoying teenagers who just talk way too much, a backstory that takes away all the mystique of Michael Myers, and two hours of your life that you will never get back. The scenes drag on for way too long, and the profanity is just used more often than grated cheese at the Olive Garden. In the end, there is a pretty decent body count, and they do use John Carpenter's music. You know, it, it becomes your run-of-the-mill slasher film. Nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, just, you know, with Rob Zombie's name on it. But, uh, you know, with, with the pluses, you know, not everything in this film is a spiraling in fire inferno of koala feces, so there's that. Yeah, when I first found out that Rob Zombie was planning on remaking John Carpenter's Halloween... I had really low expectations for it. Yet after watching it, I was still somehow really disappointed. Rob Zombie just didn't seem to understand what made the Halloween film so memorable. He decided to go, go his own way, which is kind of cool, but also really, really kind of destroyed the whole essence of why it was likable in the first place. He made a run-of-the-mill slasher film and really kind of ruined the character of Michael Myers. Well, ruined it about as much as The Curse of Michael Myers did, but that's another story entirely. Either way, why would you re why would you try to remake a film just to take away what made it good in the first place? I don't think the Hall Halloween should have ever been remade in the first place, but if you're going to remake it, at least keep the spirit of it up. Rob Zombie should really be kept away from anything sacred. Oh, so there you have it, friends. Uh, 7 out of 10 from me and 8 out of 10 from Paul. Now we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. That's why normally we give every movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why they're the same movie, just of different standards and quality. But since the A-movie in the case of remakes is more than likely going to be the original, we're just saying which one was better and why. Oh, yeah. This is, this is no contest at all. I mean, do we really have to explain? I mean, I've got a few reasons to go into it, but it's kind of... Um we kind of went over a bit of it. Uh, let's hear it, Paul. All right, so the original film, I felt the characters were a lot more likable and a lot more realistic. They were still mostly teenagers, um, Laurie Strode and everybody, but at least they kind of weren't just 
completely unlikable. Like, you know, they did normal teenage stuff, but this one they just seemed crude and mean and just really selfish. Like, one of the big parts about Laurie Strode is the fact that she was protecting the kid she was babysitting. And without anybody, in this one, she really didn't have anyone to protect. She was taken away from the house so by Michael Myers for reasons. So you you just don't really get that part. You don't really see that part of her. Like also, her just like like, go, like living to protect herself, just kind of made her a, a lot less interesting. In the original, also Lori is very shy. She's very coy. She's you know a, an introvert. Where in this one, she seems to be a lot more outgoing. She jokes about sexual things, and even like you know in the original, whenever you know the girl's like, oh, I called you know this boy, and he said that he'll go out with you, and. You know, in the original, she's like, no, no, you can't do that. Like, she's just too shy or, you know, whatever to do that. And this one, she's like, oh, yeah, I need a boyfriend. Like, come on now. Like, it, it just, they rever- they reversed the character to a degree. And yeah. they just kind of, like, lost that innocent essence that was Laurie Strode in the original. Which I didn't really mind so much. I mean, I think it, with this one, like, making it clear that Laurie was um, Michael Myers' sister, I think it kind of doesn't really work because she... You know, she was the baby in the beginning of the film, and they're like, um, I thought they should have kept like, kind of in the same spirit of it. But I didn't really mind the fact that they changed her, except for the fact that they still kind of wanted her to be the same as she was in the original. Like they, the dialogue was very confusing. They just kind of like her, flip her between the different personalities. Yeah, like that. The, her friends will be making fun of her for being too prudish, but then she'll go and do something like vulgar like telling her mom that the um guy who owned the hardware store molested her it's like all right you, you can't really have this both ways like y- you have to pick a character and stick with it like they can have multi-level multi-layers to them but you know if you're gonna like try to like f- like have two very different characters it just doesn't seem to work um uh, what else you got on the why, why is the original one better okay I gotta say, even though, I, like I said, I thought Malcolm, um, Malcolm, McDowell. Malcolm McDowell did a good job as Dr. Loomis, and in this one, he's like the shittiest fucking psychologist I've ever seen. In the original, it made sense that Dr. Loomis was so intrigued by Michael Myers. He was this force of nature who just one day, like, just started killing people. He didn't seem to show any sadistic reasons for doing it. He just did. He was, he just, he was a killing machine by by nature. And this one, he was just a psychopath with who was abused as a kid. Like, Dr. Loomis says he's the perfect storm. And he, he writes a book about him, and he's, like, perplexed by this. I'm like, you're a professional psych- psychologist, yet you've never seen a psychopath or an abuse victim? Like, what the fuck? You're clearly unqualified for your job. And I just thought that was really kind of stupid. And, of course, the whole thing with Michael Myers himself, like, they really, giving him an explanation, making him him this, like, almost sympathetic character. I know they say, like, he's naturally psychotic, too, but it just seemed, one, really forced. If he's naturally psychotic, why bother giving him trauma, except for the whole perfect storm thing, which doesn't even really matter overall. It's just pop psychology trying to pretend to be something. But there's no air of like mystery or really anything supernatural about him he's just some run-of-the-mill killer who is for some reason super strong one of the other things about that in the original um that they did a lot better than the new one is with that mystery in the new one they showed him in the background a lot 
they showed him like stalking and everything else. And in the original, he just kind of like pops out of nowhere. And again, that added to that air of of mystery of how can he do these things. Where in this one, it's just kind of like, yeah, he he's he's there, and they like they notice him sometimes, but like they just don't care. Like it just yeah. In the original one, they did, they had plenty of scenes where he'd just be standing there watching. But in this one, it seemed like they they forced too many scenes like that. Like there should have been more without him. And then it's like, is he there? Is he not? Like, we don't really know. And at one point they actually make him disappear, like out of the living room of one of the characters. And, but we know he's not a supernatural character. So how the fuck does that happen? Like he's also getting shot and like stabbed in ways that would probably kill or at least slow someone down. But once again, he's, there's nothing supernatural about him. They ruined the, any kind of suspense about him. So why is he able to do that? See, I think we're in agreement that uh, for every reason in film, the original is better. Yeah, I, I'll give it that this one had a bigger, uh, higher body count, but that's really not saying much. So I think it's time we tell our fans how to uh, drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Boom, 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 boom. Well, you give you some drinking games to uh, drink away Rob Zombie's Halloween. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one. Every time someone says the word fuck, take a drink. Number two, anytime there's a sexual reference, take a drink. Number three, every time you ask yourself, why is Michael Myers still a child? Take a drink. Number four, whenever someone is in the old Myers house in the future portion of the film, take a drink. And of course, number five, because it's remake month, anytime the film reminds you of the original, take a drink. Every time there's a guy with long hair on screen, take a drink. Every time Dr. Loomis talks about how dangerous Michael Myers is, take a drink. Every time someone talks about the boogeyman, take a drink. And every time someone's stabbed by Michael Myers, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com where we have new, new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. So we've come to the end of the second week of uh, Remake Month. I think it's time to rank our films. Um, I'm not giving any explanations. Number two, Halloween from 2007. Number one, Night of the Living Dead from 1990. I, I need not explain. Yeah, mine's the exact same. Rob Zombie's Halloween is just an abomination. Almost every moment of it is just unpleasant. Just listening to it like gives me a headache. Whereas the remake of um, Night of the Living Dead, while... I didn't personally like it that much. It wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. So we also wanted to give a shout out to our friend Dan Young, um, filmmaker from Viral Films UK, and his short fil- um, upcoming film for her, which comes out this Christmas. So um, definitely check it out. It should be streaming on Amazon Prime or Amazon Video, however the hell that works. Uh, next week, I, th- I think I might have an idea what uh, what's rattling around inside of our stocking. Um, I, I think it's a film from 2013. It, uh, it might have to do with a, uh, a certain book of the dead, um, and some, some kids at a cabin in the woods. Uh, evil dead. 
that might just be it, Paul. Uh, so, as bad as Rob Zombie's Halloween was for us, you never know how much worse this month can get. I so until we'll find out. <laughs> until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on my next call. Fuck you, little guy.